Hello and welcome to another episode of Altitude, where we talk to founders of the future high-flying companies in Latin America. I'm your co-host, Brian Reckworth. And I'm your co-host, Thomas Rojo. Today, our guest is Yasaman Rajai, co-founder of Lernico. Yasi has had a career spread out all over the place. She's had three different transitions in her life, but all different paths have ended up blending into one amazing entrepreneurial journey. Besides having been a private tutor and teacher, she also has an impressive background as a student and researcher in technology, management, computer sciences, and engineering. At MIT, for example, she spent a few months investigating how collective intelligence can be used to improve the way organizations work. Meanwhile, she also worked on an app that helped trace COVID exposure, coordinating 1,300 community members. Right after that, she went on to become a product manager at Google and founder in residence at Entrepreneur First. Born in Iran, Yasi is a first-generation Middle Eastern immigrant woman. For the last five years, she's lived in five countries, including Germany, Japan, and the U.S. Now in the U.K., she combines her experience in tech, education, product, and community management to build Lernico, a new social learning platform where experts can easily build and scale their online learning communities and monetize their knowledge through different types of premium content, such as cohort-based courses. Yasi, so great to have you on the Latitude Podcast. Welcome to Altitude. Hi, Brian. Hi, Tommy. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm so glad uh, that I have a chance to talk about what we're doing at Lernico and also further talk about like uh, what happened to me uh, in Latitude Fellowship. Happy to be here. Amazing, Jesse. Thank you for being here. Let's kick it off. Won't you start telling us a little bit about who's behind Lernico? Tell us about the founding team. And in particular, how did your experience as a tutor and teacher influence the decision to build a net tech? Of course, of course. So uh, at the moment, the founding team uh, consists of me and my co-founder, Camilo Jimenez. So Brian did an amazing job explaining uh, how my background uh, looked like. It was pretty to the point. But uh, further than that, I count myself to be extremely lucky to meet Camilo. And by all means, he's a world-class CTO. He's a serial entrepreneur. He has already founded three companies as its CTO. And his last company was just uh, acquired by Hopper. Uh, Camilo, before becoming an entrepreneur, he basically was a university professor for almost a decade. And during this time, he tried to revolutionize the way we teach software engineering at school. He even had published a bunch of his research about the novel active learning methods uh, in different journals. And he ultimately left the whole academic world and university because he wanted to have a bigger impact by building companies instead of teaching only that 1% of the population who could actually afford private uh, higher education. And he also like realized that it's extremely hard to have even a little bit of impact on improvement of the university structure system. Uh, with it's basically, for example, a, a really complicated bureaucracy. I myself, on the other hand, have always been a teacher. I was a teacher since I was 15 years old. I was teaching students who were usually younger than me, but in some cases who were also older than me. So I was teaching stuff that I have not even like learned myself. And so I was like basically learning everything myself and I start teaching people. I was teaching basically different topics such as math, physics, chemistry, whatever you can name it. And I was living... Uh, I was making a living out of what I, I knew and I was enjoying every little bit of it. 
But back then, I could never imagine that what I'm doing, which I always thought was a hobby to just make some uh, like side money, would actually be something uh, or be the backbone of what I'm doing today as at Learnico. And even like uh, since the past couple of years, I always truly believe that uh, the education, like improving educational system is the single one way that we can fix all the uh, problems of the world. And uh, as you know, like the current societies demand even more high skilled uh, workers every day. So the demand is increasing every every day. But the barrier to access the effective education is still pretty high. Uh, I am literally the example of someone who took the hard path. So I was a software engineer, as, as uh, Brian described, turned to be a machine learning researcher and then transitioned to become a product manager. And product management, quote unquote, is one of those roles that you cannot go to school and basically get a degree for and get a job as a product management manager. Basically, this role was not even exist uh, existed like until a few years back. So for the barrier and the challenging part of transitioning to these sort of roles and acquiring the knowledge for these roles is even like higher and higher. So as I suffered this uh, transition from the learner perspective and Camilo suffered it from the teacher perspective and like basically both of, our, uh, both of us came to this conclusion when we met that this is what we basically share uh, the passion for. And uh, we we promised ourselves to basically contribute to improving the educational system. That's why we are building Learnico right now. And as I, uh, you can imagine that Learnico, uh, we describe it as the university of the future. So I'd be happy to to dive deep and tell you what exactly I mean by that. I'd love to hear more about the vision. Before we dive into that, this is clearly current state of affairs call for different solutions. So I want to hear more about that. But one thing I've seen is that like even, you know, you mentioned product managers. When I was at Viveral, that role didn't exist, right? You had to take kind of project managers or you had to take someone that had two years of consulting or a software engineer that wanted to be more on you know, the customer facing side, super demanding and hard. And so talk about a little bit more about this vision and what is the, you know, university of the future? What does it look like? Of course, Brian, that's, that's the excellent question, but I want to actually tell you about something else before answering that question. And it is about talking about what is the future of education even look like in our opinion. So we have elephant in the room and that elephant in the room is that like we have a really, really big skill gap problem. And to address such a, a big skill gap, every nine people out of 10 people need to reskill and basically learn a new thing in order to fulfill that, uh, that jobs that we require. We believe that the future of education is going to have three main characteristics. First, it's going to be online. Second, it's going to be live. And third, it's going to be social in communities. So why, what do I mean by that? Why should it be online? So first of all, right now, the online courses or quote-unquote self-paced learning courses or passive learning courses, as you see on Udemy or Coursera, only stands for less than 5% of the global education market. Even if we assume that the offline education uh, in universities uh, could answer that global demand, we need to build two universities every single day for the next 15 years to answer this demand. So we, we are pretty sure that the future of education is going to be online. 
Second, why should it be live? Because the typical online classes or the self-paced self learning courses that I just talked about are definitely more accessible. There is no doubt about it. But most people never finish them. So the completion rate of these sort of courses are somewhere between like 5% to 7%, like in best, best case scenario. So definitely we need a live component to educational system. Third, I talked about being social in communities, why that's also needed. So it's proven that learning in communities drastically improves the quality and outcome of the learning process. Just like uh, try to uh, remember like your experience where, where you were at school, why we were learning at school or college, because we were in a class of people who were all in the same situation. We were not only learning from our teacher, but we, we were also learning from our peers. We had social, let's say, learning groups, group study groups, and so on and so forth. You see none of that in the current online educational systems or quote unquote, again, self-paced learning courses. And like now we know that this is, this is definitely a, a must for online education. But the problem is that most people do not have access to high quality in-person classes and communities that they can basically foster in. Effective online education needs to provide an environment for the learners or students, basically, to not only receive or give feedback, uh, but it, it should also encourage peer learning, as we used to have, basically. And at the same time, learners need to learn the state-of-the-art knowledge from the experts, experts who basically have been in the industry, experts who have done the job themselves and can teach you how you can do the job. Uh, so now that we know what's the future of education, uh, it's pretty kind of like going to be easy uh, for you guys that I explained what's the vision of Learnico. What we do as Learnico is going to make sense now. So we are building the university of the future, which is going to enable every expert, whatever expertise that experts want to have, to build and scale their learning communities. And learning communities, the definition of that for us is like you can introduce it as a mini boot camps, something there is other components to it rather than only the content and watching videos. For example, there can be like active learning uh, activities like group projects. Uh, there can be like peer to peer learning feedbacks and so on and so forth. So imagine learning communities as a mini boot camps. These learning communities are going to be online, live and social. Our vision is to help 1,000 experts become financially independent and 1 billion students successfully continue their lifelong learning path in Learnico's learning communities. I hope that that was, that was helpful and I can like basically dive deep into every section even more. I love the vision. And I have a question, which is, well, this is a, a podcast that talks a lot about LATAM. And here you are in London, you're from Iran, but you're starting in Latin America. Why is that? Of course, of course. That's that's an excellent question. First of all, I'm a Latino. I'm not a Latino by, uh, but like where I born. But I'm a Latino at heart. But uh, the the main reason that we started in Latam is like not out of basically we have three reasons why we started in Latam. First, uh, whatever like skill gap that I was just talking about, it's even bigger in Latin American markets. And uh, like there is a huge uh, opportunity and a bigger market for such a solution. Second is 
the less content. So there is even less online courses, which is available in English, in other languages like Spanish, Portuguese, even like all the other languages like German, uh, let's say Farsi, which is my language, and, and all the other languages. And again, there is a huger need for such a solution that provides the effective education in your mother tongue. And third uh, reason, basically, is that as, as you remember, I just like mentioned that our vision to help these experts become financially independent. But the barrier for an expert who lives in an emerging market like LATAM to go financially independent is much lower than someone who lives in a developed country. I can give you an example. A Learnico expert can uh, easily earn, earn 20K, uh, $20K per year that makes him officially fi uh, financially independent of any other type of job. But by only working maybe three to four months a year and just go on a vacation for the rest. But this number, this 20K, is going to be much higher in a country like UK or US. But it is totally do doable. It's just a challenge. That's why we chose LATAM as our starting point. But ultimately, Learnico is going to be a platform that is going to be used by experts all around the world. I'm super excited. I want to invest in this company. Oh, wait, we already did. Um, you already did. <laughs> okay. That's great, Yassi. And tell us a little bit more about, like, what's the current stage of Learnico? What are the next steps for you? Uh, yeah, definitely. So we launched our first few learning communities, as I described, with our, like, first version of MVP. I'm proud to say that our small startup had revenue from the second month. But I'm even prouder to say that we helped our experts earn the equivalent of a few months of a salary by working part-time with us for a month. And besides, our learners' feedback uh, was like really splendid uh, in terms of how transformative the experience was for them. I can give you an example. Like for one of our learning communities was about the CTOs of, of LATAM, basically. Uh, we helped the current software engineers transition to a roles like uh, tech leads and CTOs. And during this transformative uh, duration and being part of this community, a bunch of our learners actually did the transition successfully and wrote back to us uh, that like how happy they had they have been with their experience. And the next step for us is to build the, the platform. Currently, we are raising a seed round, as you know, and thanks to Brian for trusting us uh, as, as the first, uh, basically, uh, investor at Learnico. And um, next, besides that, we are also expanding the team. So if any of the stuff that I just talked about is interesting to you, reach out to me on any social media. I'd be happy to talk to you. But the most important thing that we are looking for as our next step is we are always, always looking for like-minded like experts in our platform because you, is going, you are going to be basically the backbone of uh, our journey to building the, uh, the future of the education in emerging uh, economies. So if you're that person, we are looking for you. Please, please contact me. I'd be super happy to have a chat and explain everything to you. I love that. You've always got to be recruiting, selling, that's part of the game as a, as a startup entrepreneur. One thing that I was just thinking about as you were talking, I had a question for Enrique the other day um, from Brex on my podcast. And I said, how are LATAM startups going to remain competitive in this you know, global world? I remember reading The, the World is Flat, a book by Thomas Friedman about kind of how this changing landscape of 
talent and outsourcing and all that. And his response was really awesome. He said, the founders in Latin America, they need to just increase the size of their ambition so that they can afford to go after large market opportunities and then build extreme value. And then they'll be able to pay higher salaries and all the things will, will happen. You're planning to build this thing globally, which is talk about the long-term plans for you, starting in LATAM, huge pain points, lots of opportunities to upskill, uh, lots of talented people that can teach. What are your plans long-term at Learnico? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I talked about like our short-term uh, plan a little bit. Uh, we, are, we are going to focus to launch our next 50 learning communities with 50 experts uh, and over 2,000 learners in the next year. But in long term, we are going to build the future of education starting in LATAM and help 1,000 experts become financially independent all over the world and 1 billion students successfully continue their uh, lifelong education in our platform. And when we do that, we have directly con contributed to the skill gap problem. We have directly tried to fix the future of work problem. And that is our vision. We want to like uh, build a work that everyone can have access uh, to effective, engaging uh, education. Yassi, on that line, you're targeting LATAM initially, but you then see Learnico expanding to other emerging markets, right? Can, can you tell us a little bit about that roadmap? Yeah, definitely. So uh, initially, we would start uh, with LATAM. And uh, LATAM itself is actually a really uh, complicated market because of the languages that are being, speak, uh, be being spoken in this uh, like uh, area. Uh, so we have already started with the Spanish uh, in our courses, but next we are going to tap into Portuguese. And, uh, and basically, after that, we are going to tap into different emerging markets. Uh, we have considered either Middle East or East Europe as our next step, uh, based on uh, the uh, type and, and basically number of experts requests that we get from that region. So uh, I think we were talking to Tommy the other day that Basically, language defines our next step. So the more uh, requests we get from experts who want to build uh, their online learning communities with us, with respect or like related to one language, that is a kind of like a sign for us that this is a demand that we want to go move forward with. So far, our plan is like first, definitely LATAM, and then go through like either East Europe and, and Middle East, which like both all three describe and share the same three reasons that I just uh, talked to you about it. How does Learnico and the creator economy relate to the future of work? How do you think that's being shaped? Oh, that's an excellent question. And, and you're talking to a huge creator economy fan, but creator economy has become a buzzword, especially in US. And, and now it's becoming a buzzword also in US, in, in UK as well. But the fundamental idea behind the creator economy is actually pretty simple. It's going like it's it's just about the decentralization of the supply side. And it's already here. So it's not something that's going to happen. It's already here, maybe a little bit like later in emerging markets, but you cannot avoid it. It's already exploding in different spans horizontally across like massive industries. What Lernico is, is doing is simply expanding the creator economy across the education se sector by building new type of creators, which we call them expert creators or like as short exports. And once we have this decentralized education that's actually accessible 
and at the same time effective and engaging, we can thrive in every field of future work. So was it a good answer? I can I can do it again in, in other ways. It was great. Thanks, Yassi. Last one from my side. So you came through the last Latitude Fellowship, LF2. Why did you decide to apply to be a Latitude Fellow? Uh, and how did the fellowship help you as a founder? It would be great to hear. Yeah, sure. Uh, so frankly, frankly, I got to know about the Latitude Fellowship through my co-founder, Camilo, which he's, a, he's like a, a, an entrepreneur from LATAM. So the news got to him faster than me, of course. Uh, at that time, it, it was just uh, exactly the time that we were looking into LATAM as our first market to tap into. And But it was also simul simultaneously exactly the time that I had lost my hope for all the good accelerator programs that actually care about the entrepreneurs. Uh, so you know what I mean. I don't want to like uh, go dive deep into this one. But uh, as I said, originally we had the incentivization of uh, getting more network in the Latin market because we wanted to tap into this market. But then I also read uh, uh, Brian's book, We Were the Entrepreneur, which I definitely recommend to every entrepreneur to read. And had this thought that, okay, so this guy knows what he's talking about and he has actually built a company in contrast to other accelerator programs that many of them are just only talking about like how you should build the company and they have not done it themselves. So personally, I have a really huge respect for people who first do something and then teach it. And this is exactly how I'm also recruiting my, my experts. And in this case, uh, the fellowship program actually made a lot of sense to us to participate. So we applied, we got in, we were part of the LF2 uh, cohort, which was the second cohort of the fellowship. And frankly, I literally didn't expect this level of empathy for entrepreneurs uh, to the point content was amazing and, and basically the support in all means. In, it, was, it was amazing. Uh, the fellowship obviously has uh, helped us either as founders, me and Camilo, and learning code to get to our next stage much faster. For us, it was fundraising and, and raising our seed round. And I would like without a doubt recommend it anyone uh, who wants to basically uh, have a career in entrepreneurship in Latin America or in general, uh, definitely check out this program. Thanks so much. Uh, wrapping up here, we have two last questions. What's one piece of advice you can share with other founders? Uh, okay, so that's a really hard question. Uh, so I want to specifically address these two first-time founders. And, and this is advice that I wish someone had given me when I wanted to basically the first few months of, of my entrepreneurship journey. And I want to even like put a more focus for female founders here because I believe that this has like a more a direct impact on them. Uh, so here's the advice. So break your imaginary walls. So what do I mean by that? So there are reasons, quote unquote, like excuses, like I don't know how to do X or I didn't study X measure or I don't know, uh, I, I have not experience in doing X. So these are all just ex excuses and imaginary walls that we have put ourselves. These are like the stamps that we are born with sometimes, like you're black or white or Middle Eastern. So you can do a bunch of stuff because who you are. But the reality is that there is no limit. So sky is your limit. Once you believe in this, everything else is going to be just the process of you learning that thing in your pace and doing it. 
uh, in my case, for example, if I was about to stick to my walls, I should have been like happy getting a job at those few job opportunities that I could have in my countries as a woman who is an engineer and, and get paid a quarter of my male colleague salary and just like accepting that. But I, I could not accept it. And I, I want like everyone, specifically female first founders, to put this away. Like if there is a thing that you cannot do now, you can do it by learning it. And there is no limit for you. So uh, don't uh, basically uh, never take your current knowledge and skill set and specifically, quote unquote, your resume for granted as who you are. You basically can be anything you want just by learning it at your pace. So I'm one of those people who definitely do not believe in resume because like people are more than their resume. So you can build and and be whomever you want. And that's like something that I had learned the hard way, but I am telling you that you can do it. So believe me. Super inspiring. And I mean, I love it. Break those imaginary walls. And you're somebody that is probably going to inspire many other future, not just women founders, but founders all over the world uh, with what you're doing. And so that's uh, really exciting to hear. And I love those words. I think that's going to be the quote for the podcast is break those imaginary walls. Um, What's one word that exemplifies entrepreneurship just to kind of bring it home here for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely, Brian. Yes. So bring it home. So for me, it's, it's a word. It's a three-letter word called LLL. So what does that mean? It means lifelong learning. Uh, I, believe that, I believe that entrepreneurs are among the few categories of workers whose job requires them to be a lifelong learner to succeed. Uh, it's basically, of course, hard. That's why not everyone chooses this path. So if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you need and you should be a lifelong uh, learn, learner. Uh, but luckily at Learnico, we are lowering, the, lowering this barrier for everyone to become a life, life, lifelong learner. Uh, so just imagine how the world would look like if everyone is a continuously growing entrepreneur. Thank you, Yasi. And, and keep flying high. Vamos Latam, vamos Lernico, because this is not just Latam. This is going to be a global thing, but the starting point is Latam. So we're really lucky to have you in our community and you're such an example for many people. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you very much, Tommy. And vamos Latam. I think this is the first time that I said this, but happy. (laughs) Good, good. good. We'll be saying it more. 